We didn't really discuss what topics we might talk about, so that's slightly problematic. Because what topics are we going to talk about? I don't know. I think it's totally time for you to have a beer if you'd like to go for it. Well, hello, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast. It's me, Jake Johansson. (laughs) Still me. Hey, thanks so much for listening. That was uh, my friend uh, Tom Sawyer and I talking. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I have a friend named Tom Sawyer, and he owned one of the uh, most... uh, sought after comedy clubs from a comedian standpoint uh, for the for many years see he started off we started off as comedians together and uh, then he bought Cobb's comedy club in san francisco and he ran it uh, for many years almost 30 years and uh, now he has sold that but we still remain friends haha you thought that friendship was just based on my own uh, chance for personal gain but it wasn't it wasn't. It was based on a real like and admiration for, for my friend Tom. I might even go so far as to say I love him, but not on podcast, pod, pod world. Um, anyway, he's, he's a great guy, Tom Sawyer. He is named Tom Sawyer. His parents did that. That was a thing that happened so long ago that uh, he's kind of sick of talking about it. Uh, but you're just now getting used to the idea that I'm friends with a guy named Tom Sawyer. So let me just give you a second. To to think about that, and you can make whatever jokes you like to make. I, I have realized in the past with the podcast, I haven't really given a chance for you to talk. So here it is. Talk a little bit. Okay, that's enough. You could have really paused it. And you can pause and talk whenever you want. And that way you won't overlap me. Or you can talk at the same time I'm talking. And, and as a matter of fact, that may happen during this week's episode. Because my friend Tom Sawyer and I, we got uh, we got conversing. And this would be last June up in Mill Valley, where he lives now, which is just north of San Francisco. He was producing a comedy day in the square there, where I performed with my friend Liz Winstead, who was on an episode of the podcast uh, a few weeks ago. So uh, this took place during that time, this conversation with Tom. And we didn't really have it all, you know, planned out ahead of time. And so it got a little bit freewheeling. I feel a little bit bad because we may have been a little tough on Dick Cheney. So please... Dick, if you're listening, you know my feelings for you are strong. And uh, and when, when we do have to fight the space aliens, I'm glad you're on our side. So, um, listen, that's where I was up in Mill Valley. Let me tell you where I'm going, just quick, get that out of the way. And then uh, I've got some talking a little bit to do, and then we'll get on with my conversation with uh, Tom Sawyer. If, I, if it wasn't a copyright violation, I would play a little rush for you right now, but I can't. Anyway, uh, this week, August 28th to September 1st, I'm going to be in Washington, D.C., and this is also the anniversary of the Martin Luther King March on Washington, so I'm looking forward to being around that and part of that and in, 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 in amongst that. Uh, so I'll be in Washington, D.C. at the D.C. Improv this week, August 28th to September 1st, 2013, com, Or you can check my website, jakethis.com, and link to that website if you can't remember their website. Certainly you know the name of my website. Anyway, uh, after that, I'll be up in Washington State at Laughs in Kirkland, Washington, and then I will be down in Portland at the Hawthorne Theater. So I'll be at Laughs in Kirkland, Washington, just outside of Seattle, September 20th to 21st. And September 22nd, I'll be in Portland at the Hawthorne Theater. So, uh, please, this is a trip to Portland that I haven't been to Portland in a long, long time. So, if you're there, I'd like to awaken the sleeping giant of my fan base in Portland and alert you that it's time to report for duty to the Hawthorne Theater September 22nd. Also, in October, I'll be in Minneapolis at Acme Comedy Club in Denver. I'm coming back to the Comedy Works. Um, In Larimer Square in November, I'll be at the Chicago. Zanies and the Rosemont Zanies. Uh, there's a podcast festival here in Los Angeles that I will be involved in. It's the 4th, 5th, and 6th in LA, and I'll be doing my show on the 6th, uh, discussing my new religion that I'm trying to get going. Um, I've got a little private show to benefit my school at Magicopolis in Santa Monica on November 17th. Hello, hello, LA, LA uh, residents and denizens. I'm, I'm going to be performing for a short time, but that's going to be a fun night. And uh, there's going to be uh, a lot of great comics there. I think my friend Derek Hughes will be there. Greg Fitzsimmons will be there. Owen Smith and Laurie Kilmartin are all booked. And then I'll be down in Fort Lauderdale at the Hollywood Improv. This is going on a little long. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to bring it on home with December 6th through 9, Cleveland, Ohio. 
Hilarities in Cleveland, Ohio, December 6 through 9. I will be recording, taping um, for all time my next uh, comedy special. So you can be at that taping or at one of the nights surrounding that taping where I'll be doing that same type of show. And as always, I'm available for hugs before, not really before the show, but after the show, before you go home. Uh, so thanks for that. Now, let's get on with this week's episode of the Jake This uh, podca- Podcast. Uh, it's episode 59. I think I forgot to mention that. And I am quite, I am counting. But who's counting? I'm counting, ladies and gentlemen. And why am I counting? I don't know. I don't know. I started off, you start off doing it, and then it's hard to stop. It's like birthdays, you know? You keep, you keep, you're keeping track. You're so excited about your birthday for the first, I don't know how many years of your life, but some, somewhere in the 40s, you're like, I can't remember why we're keeping track of this. I'd just as soon forget it. But, um, you know, I had my daughter convinced that I was 13 years old for about the first six years of her life, but um, she's on to me now. She knows that that's not the case. Anyway, we, I think uh, its age is just a number. Let's think about it that way. You've heard that. What does it mean? Well, I, I think it means <laughs> who gives a shit how old I am if I can still uh, have sex and eat a big lunch. Uh, those are the two big – Those. that's what I got on board for, on, on, the, on the calendar for today. I haven't really told my wife. I'm on my own for lunch, but uh, that other that other business is going to have to happen later because I'm off to Washington D.C. tomorrow, as I I think I mentioned. Um, yeah. So what have I? What's what's happening? I found a box of mixtapes in my office. You know, I'm going through. I'm part of this uh, kind of decreasing the amount of crap that you have in your life thing, and so I'm going through boxes of stuff in my office and trying to get rid of things. And, uh, I found this box, like what is in here? And, uh, a lot of it was VHS tapes of my wife's acting jobs from before we got married. So there's some treasures on there, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, at, at, not to make fun of my wife, I love her, but you know, these are acting things from years ago. I think there's some soap opera thing that's on there. Anyway, that's if I gotta, I gotta find a machine to watch those. And then I gotta find a machine to listen to this box of mixtapes. I found a bunch of cassette mixtapes. Now, what do you do with those ladies and gentlemen? It's a dilemma because there's some great memories and great times and great car rides that I could probably flash back to. If only I could listen to those mixtapes, you know, it's funny because the cassette tape thing, we got down to a Walkman type of thing. Remember Walkman? <laughs> I know it's your birthday. I know you're counting your birthdays, and there's a lot of them, if you can remember Walkman. But uh, we got the cassette player down to about the size of the cassette tape, just slightly bigger than that. And then, unfortunately, uh, we quit listening to cassettes. And so, oh, there's a guy walking around my yard, so I'm just going to go and see what the hell he's up to. Well, I think it was the meter reader, but I can't really be sure because uh, by the time I got out there, he was gone. He looked like the meter reader. He was wearing a, a blue shirt, and he had one of those little electronic shoulder satchel reader things. It, well, I, I'm just assuming it was a reader. It was about the size of an old cassette recorder from the 1970s. But he was also carrying a stick. He had a he had a stick. or not really a stick, like a metal rod wand thing which i think is its primary purpose is used to repulse dogs or repel dogs when they attack i guess these meter readers uh, get uh, assaulted by dogs quite often and who does well they're asking for it aren't they they're coming right into your yard if you're a dog any of my dog listeners out there you know what i'm talking about hey um i invite you also to please crank it up if you like at this time, if you're on the treadmill, what was I talking about? Oh, that box of cassette tapes. So what am I going to do? I don't have a machine to listen to them. I, and what I really want is not a little tiny Walkman so I can listen to them in my, in my head while I walk around. I don't want to go down memory lane all by myself. No, no, no. What I want is a boom box, a big, you know, one of those giant. I want to listen to those cassette tapes loud while I'm walking around my neighborhood and take everybody back in the time machine of happiness that, uh, that has to be those cassette tapes. You know, as a matter of fact, I think about six of them were um, killer dance tapes that uh, my friend Tom Sawyer made at his old comedy club for uh, for party time that we had after the after the shows there at Cobb's Comedy Club. And that's not. I don't think that's still going on. The uh, the new owners of Cobb's haven't had me back there in a year or so. Not that I'm complaining, new owners of Cobb's. Uh, I'm just stating a fact. It, it was a slightly hurdy after working at a club 
every year for 30 years to then not be back last year. And I feel like I've recovered from it. But I just need to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, if you have shown up for work for 30 years to a place and then unceremoniously you are not asked to show up for work again, uh, it's, it's hurty. It hurts a little bit inside of your sort of in the middle of your chest and then on in the you know corners of your eyes they can leak a little bit but you get over it you know how you get over it you just grit your teeth and you go oh god that hurts and then you try not to poop a little bit depending on what age you are when you do that um so anyway shit happens that happened uh, there's not a guy in my yard. All is right in the world. What else? What else can I tell you about? Please get back to me on what I should do with those mixtapes because I think I'm just going to take them to the Goodwill and let let someone else who has the proper uh, equipment deal with those. Um, so, what else have I got? Oh, now darn it! I made a little note and now I can't seem to find my my little my little notes. I made a note for this show, but god dang it. What happens? Has someone been going through my Oh no, here it is. Um I so I'm reading in my magazine that I like to read things in, uh which you know is Harper's magazine, and uh, I was reading one of the longer articles. They had a great article in there about this herd of elephants. You know, we hear all of these things. Obviously, global climate, whatever. We're just, there's a lot of people on Earth, and the elephants are getting a hard time of it. People are poaching them to get their tusks. And also, elephants are big, and they don't really have a lot of space to operate in because we're building cities everywhere. But the, these uh, homeless elef- this homeless elephant herd I was reading about in India... They've come out of the forests and they've figured out that they can go into these villages. The villagers there don't have these substantial McMansions that we have here in the United States of America, which, you know, would really make it tough for a herd of elephants to get into your house if they if they were looking for your rice wine or beer or whatever it is. It turns out that these elephants have, have figured out that they can come into the city and they can just knock down these farmers' houses or their grain storage areas and eat their grain and drink their rice beer. They love rice beer. And it's it, it's a real problem. These elephants they swim across the river, come into the villages, and then leave swimming again. These are these are river elephants, which is something that they hadn't ever seen before either. They've learned to swim in the river. They hide in the woods during the day. They come in and kind of assault the villages at night. You know, they don't. They just figured out that that's when the people are paying the least attention. And they've also figured out that you know, if they just kind of harass a little bit and then stay in the trees that the people will get tired and then they can come in later on. And they're also big and it's illegal to kill them. So these elephants have really kind of, they're taking advantage of the situation. And it is, uh, it is both sad in the sense that eventually human beings are going to have had enough with these elephants and probably decide that they have to kill them. Right now they're sort of trying to move away from them but eventually the elephants i think are going to lose this one but it is kind of awesome to see that even in spite of the fact that there's so many human beings if these elephants if we make it a rule that we're not allowed to kill them <laughs> then 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 that the tables sort of turn in ter- terms of uh, who's powerful enough to take what they want and so these uh, this herd of uh, homeless elephants in India is it's a pretty interesting story. I'm pretty sure you can Google it, or you can subscribe to Harper's Magazine, or you can just feel like I heard Jake tell me about that, and that's all I re- really need to know. Anyway, it just it was interesting this week. I had heard about the homeless herd of elephants, and then I've been reading about Detroit because, as you know, we're thinking about opening our artist colony, and certainly at the very least, I feel like the porn industry should move to Detroit because you definitely don't have to wear a condom in Detroit if you think if you think some sexually transmitted disease is the worst thing that can happen to you move to Detroit see what happens there now I'm not uh, listen by Detroit listeners I'm not insulting you I'm saying I feel like it's a it's a really I've had some great times in Detroit and that whole post-apocalyptic kind of nature of the abandonment of it kind of is is attractive to me. I just don't think I could deal with the winter. But anyway, there's some giant cat that's on the loose that they've reported around Detroit. I was reading about that today because um, Joe Rogan tweeted about it. And so that's, that's how I get a lot of my other news. I read the Harper's Magazine and then uh, I randomly look at Joe Rogan's tweets and I see this is a giant cat. It's not like a... It's, uh, it's not like a... uh, what do you call it, a mountain lion. It's like just a big cat. They say it's gray and 
with black markings, so it doesn't sound like any cat, but it's big. It's big, and it's not scared either. When, when people kind of go out and flinch at it and try and chase it away, it just looks at them and goes, I like my, I like my chances with you, squishy, squishy per- man. I'm a big cat, and I have sharp claws. What do you have? This cat doesn't know about guns, and I'm only guessing what the cat is thinking. But anyway, these animals, you can, you, you can suppress them, but it takes a lot more work than I think we really think about on a day-to-day level because none of us generally have to suppress any kind of animal insurgencies in our modern world. Of course, uh, shout-out to all my hillbilly listeners who are dealing with varmints and whatnot. Uh, what was the other thing I read about? This idea that the, go- the government is working on weaponized smells. Not really weapons, smell weapons, but weapons that would make you disperse, like a smell that's so bad. You know, like oh, they're not going to open a can of whoop-ass, uh, which would be a weaponized smell, whoop-ass. They're just going to open a can of get the hell out of here. And I think the real problem with opening a can of get the hell out of here is that it operates on people's sense of smell and and so even the person who opens the smell, the can of get the hell out of here is going to want to, going to, want to get the hell out of here. Um, I wish I had little aerosol versions of that on the corners of my building. And that way, when I saw that meter reading guy, I could prank him with a little bit of a little whiff of get the, get the hell out of here. Anyway, I, ladies and gentlemen, I do not want you to get the hell out of here. I want you to stick around and enjoy this show. Now, this conversation I had with Tom, uh, it's uh, pretty freewheeling. It goes all over the place. There are some political aspects to it, and uh, but we start off as as I think is appropriate here on the Jake This of uh, Jake Johansson podcast with a little conversation about zombies and uh, post apocalypse and what is actually going to happen. So maybe that's why it's appropriate that I was talking about these animals kind of eking their way back in because I sort of feel like the animals are just waiting for us to make our mistake. And according to Tom Sawyer. And also probably me. It is possible that we have already made the mistake that are going to put the, that's going to put these animals back in charge. And uh, the good news is, uh, the full effects of that are not going to happen till the outside of our lifetimes. And uh, probably most people who are listening to podcasts right now will be economically shielded from that. I'm just assuming that because you're listening to a podcast, you've also got the resources and you live in a place where you're not face to face with horrible poverty on a day-to-day level and so congratulations high five <laughs> let's go help some of the others out that's my opinion but uh, you know you make your own call on that it's not a political show but as i said we do have a little bit there is a little political aspect to our conversation um, but it runs the gamut we do a little zombie talk we do a little post-apocalyptic talk uh, global chaos then we kind of talk about some movies and of course death uh, and as i said we're a little hard on Dick Cheney. So, without further ado, please uh, please uh, strap in, crank it up, or uh, increase, your, increase or decrease your pace, depending on how you feel right now, and enjoy this conversation that I had with my friend, Tom Sawyer. Here we go! Well, were we supposed to come up with topics beforehand? No, we weren't supposed to come up. We never have to have come up with topics. But uh, what can we talk about? We could talk about Mill Valley. We could talk about uh, the environment. What are your passionate causes right now? Uh, my passionate causes are um, coming to terms with the fact that human beings won't exist anymore in five to 700 years. Yeah, we were talking about that last night. Now, do you think that's that's your that's your over under five to seven hundred years? Yeah, five seven seven seven's tops. I think uh-huh. we're done after seven. And what do you think the lowest amount before? Well, I mean, technically speaking, you could start tomorrow. We'll start, but I mean, reasonably reasonable expectations. You, me, my kid. You know, all the people who are walking around the earth now. Today, as of right now, right. I mean, so we've got a hundred years. You think easy before it starts to get super terrible? Yeah, I think we got about a hundred years before we noticeably see things happening happening that are could be considered cataclysmic. Um, and what do you think it's going to be? Because I've got it, I've got it broken down to my here's my possibilities of the of multiple choice. Yeah. Um, first of all. You know, first, you can't see this, but we both have big smiles on our face. So we don't want you to think we're all like 
doom and gloom that we're as- actually basking in the doom and gloom. Part. No, the yeah, the post-apocalyptic scenario is a real uh, staple of this podcast <laughs> as right. far as the conversations that I have with other people. Right. But uh, so you know, the zombies, right? You can't rule, rule out a zombie apocalypse. Although, well, though we, as we we were discussing today, that. I don't believe zombies will not happen. They just will not happen. We don't have to worry about the zombie in the sense of like the the George Romero esque zombie where somebody actually a, a, a dead person digs themselves out of a grave. Right, it starts to eat the living. That scenario is not going to happen. No, but we could have uh, some kind of uh, global pandemic, flu pandemic, or Ebola virus, some kind of sickness that wipes out a giant percentage of the population. Absolutely, and we could also have like you could you know if you had a if you had a virus that uh, uh, that that ate away part of your brain that you know made made you like say like uh, say I consider like. Uh, 28 days later, 28 eight weeks later, I consider those zombie movies. And though though the technical, you know, the geeks will argue that because they're not actually dead. But my point is being the actual dead zombies could not exist. I mean, once you get into actual dead zombies, then you're talking about magical. You're, you're, you might as well be talking about God. You know, you might be talking. You might as well be talking about God coming down from the heavens. And and so you've ruled out actual dead zombies. But let me yes. ask you this. Do you have a medical degree? No, but I do have a I do have a degree in common sense. <laughs> okay, common so. sense says there's nothing on this planet that that exists that is living that doesn't take in oxygen. Yeah. So or, and doesn't when it when, doesn't eat something and then poop out something. You're right. You're right. I agree with you. I was just playing devil's advocate. I, I think know. that the idea thought, of dead zombies is pretty slim. Yeah. I do think that there is a possibility of some global disease outbreak that kills a bunch of people. I don't think that's what it's going to be. I think the better likely thing is like some kind of potato famine situation where we're too dependent on one crop and there comes to be some blight in that crop. Like, you know, right now we're really dependent on Corn. Well, we're also no. seeing like um, pesticides killing bees uh, in droves, and we're not. And it's something that we should be. When 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 government or society doesn't respond to something like that, like like with a holy, can we swear? Yeah. Holy shit! Like holy fuck! That's when you realize that um, they. There's really not uh, a collective scenario where people will react in a way which is holy fuck, holy shit, until it's happening to them. Because I think that's how Republicans work. Republicans don't have any empathy or people conservatives mm-hmm. have no empathy for people unless they unless it's people that they're immediately uh, in in their life. In other words. Give you an example. Well, I think that's a human nature thing. I no. mean, I, I well, no, well, no. I you think, and I care about gay gay marriage and letting people, you know, do what they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but we don't we don't have to have. Though we probably do have a lot of gay people in our lives. We don't need uh, to have a lot of gay people in our lives to to come to that conclusion. Only one or two special ones, right? <laughs> What, what I'm saying is that like Dick Cheney, who is pro-gay marriage, is pro-gay marriage because his daughter is a lesbian. Right. But he did finally get on board. But anyway, this, we don't have to make it uh, political about that. No, I but mean, I'm just saying – like, really, I, feel, I feel like with the, the, the dangers and the awareness of the dangers, yeah, there's a compassion problem. But there's also a, there's also a kind of just people refuse to believe that it's – Happening until they experience a result across the board, people are that way. You know. Yeah. Well, I would say the majority of people are that way. The, that the problem is is the people who are not that way, who are the, in the minority, who are screaming, "Let's, we God, we need to barricade the fence or do whatever we need to do. We need to get the insulin." Those people are those people are being ignored by the majority of people. Going, eh, we can it, look. It's, it, it's not going to get here for another week. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, that's the nature, the, the ostrich factor. Put your head in the sand. It'll be better tomorrow. It can't really be happening, blah, blah, blah. And that's why that's why any kind of uh, epidemic we have, you know, viral epidemic we have will probably be – it'll probably be really close to the movie Contagion. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, it's really a good movie. It's really, it's really not very Hollywood-esque. It's 
pretty much drawn from facts and based on based on data of this is how, this is what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. These are the scenarios that are most likely right. going to happen if we have a breakout like this. So you're talking about in the sense that the, there, there's a government kind of suppression and a denial of it until it's kind of too late and then it's well they really, don't want to panic they don't right. want people looting you know they want they 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 want as little of society to be wrecked by people who completely shit their pants uh right and panic because they, because later on when the dust clears there'll be it's just more stuff to pick up um gossip and rumors can often cause more damage <laughs> Than the actual, um, yeah. but uh, I keep to, I keep it to a weekly rumor party, you know. And everybody well, drinks a lot. You, you say a rumor, then it's like you take a shot. It's like a game, and then the mm-hmm. next day you're kind of like blotto and hungover. And well, one of the great things to just to bring it back to zombies for a second about the book World War Z. If you read the book, yes, it's I did. Yeah, so it's very analogous to kind of how the political parties and the political system and the media would handle that kind of a global crisis where it would be they would they would maximize the fear factor but then kind of try and dismiss that as craziness and deny politically that it was happening and and it may end up being being more anyway i think whatever happens whether it's the things that we've talked about so far or some environmental collapse that's caused by the bees or whatever or Mm -hmm. the or the air kind of becomes poisonous or the climate changes so that we can't produce food in as many places that we can now what however it happens we're not going to realize in real time that it's happening it's going to be in retrospect where we look back and go no actually the beginning of this was not when when my neighbor died the beginning of this was you know who who knows yeah i mean technically it could be a comet that hits the the planet you know and we get wiped out it's there's a there there's a ton of scenarios that uh i'm sort of i'm sort of rooting for comet Comet would be quick, at least. You know, did you ever see the movie Melancholia? That's actually no. a kind of a cool movie to check out. Uh, the first half is a little weird. I love the second half of the movie, though. It's really interesting. What happens? Um, well, it's an end of the world movie. So, no surprise. Surprise is out of the bag. Sorry if I should, should have done a spoiler. Well, alert I sort of feel yeah. Spoiler alert. What's it called again? Melancholia. Mel- Melancholia. And, and ironically, they named that's what they named the planet that. That's hurling towards their planet. It's like I don't I don't know why how, how a planet could hurl towards a planet, but it doesn't really matter. There's some really nice visuals, and uh-huh. uh, in the second half of the movie, it's real. It's it's really good. So um, you should check that out. Um, and but I think that you know that's a possibility. You know that's that's you know that, that's some so, crazy number. Yeah. You know because the fact is. If that kind of thing was going to happen, because there's so many amateur astrologists and stuff like that, that the word would get out on that. That you couldn't, you wouldn't be able to suppress that kind of stuff. That would that would right. get out. But there would still be speculation on people's parts that oh, maybe it'll miss or it'll only come so close. Or you know, there would be this yeah. rumor that it's going to hit one side of the Earth, and if it, if you're on the side that it doesn't hit, you're going to be okay. That would be a lie. But but there will be people who believe that. Yeah, but we've already I, there's been TV shows already on <laughs> you know the, the Science Channel or some. One of those channels where they actually show you like a, 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 um, a CGI version of what it would look like if a meteor of of an even minor uh, yeah. size hit hit the, uh, the right. The but not everybody watches those TV shows. Absolutely, yeah. But then, but there's not everybody. But all you need is one person out of like a hundred to start telling people. Right. Oh, here's the size of the media. Oh, that's like the size of the media on the Discovery Channel uh, documentary, and therefore we're totally fucked. So, but people but, still won't believe. That's my point. Is, is that everybody knows? Well, don't then you get point the people, a gun at your head, right. whether it's loaded or not. Yeah. But then there are the people that believe that's just you know Jesus is riding the comet and he's coming to get us. You know, he's coming to take us all to heaven. Wouldn't it be great if we could see that in a telescope, a comet, and Jesus <laughs> is riding it? Yeah, like a Bronco. Bronco. What would he be wearing? He was a robe. Dude, he would be he wearing his robe. robe. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dumbass question. I know. What do you think he'd be wearing? Some 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 shorty shorts. Maybe that would be that would. I like the idea. I like the idea of that sort of I, a sort of a nineteen seventies yeah. gay pride Jesus. I wouldn't mind like kind of an, a biblical. I, I think a, a biblical apocalypse would be great if all the people who were left behind to to live in hell were actually all the people who thought they were going and 
And the opposite, like, happened. All the people who thought for sure, because I believe and I go to church every week and blah, 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 and those people are left behind and everybody else was taken up. I thought, I would think that would be awesome. Either, either way, no matter which side you're on, Finally, you're going to be with the people you want to be with, right? <laughs> you know, exactly. it's a win, it's sort of a win-win. Yeah, because um, seriously, would you want to be with, uh, you know, I mean, would you want to be like next to the Cheneys or, you know? No, but I think it's ridiculous. I don't. I don't even think Dick Cheney thinks he's going to heaven. No, in fact, I think G- Dick Cheney is really looking forward to meeting the devil. <laughs> if they, I bet Dick Cheney's an atheist. Yeah. When you get when you cut him oh, in half yeah. and really take a look at him, I bet he's... <laughs> can we? Can we? <laughs> no. Can we? Okay. Can't. Damn it. Um. Oh, no. For my next trick, but I will saw Dick Cheney in half. It could also be um, the the thing that eliminates a lot of human beings could also be an economic thing. I don't really think so. I really think that's the easiest thing to turn the clock back on because, you know, it's, it's um, you know, because countries have, it, it won't wipe countries off the planet. And the economic system is... Is um, I don't think it's I don't think it's as crazy as it was before. I think people have figured it out a little bit better uh, than they did before. And um, I, I don't I, that that to me is my least the least thing I'm worried about. Do you did you read this article the other day? And I, I'd have to look it up to find this specific article. But the premise of it was that a lot of the the Patriot Act and and this NSA spying stuff that's going on is to enable the government to suppress um, rioting and chaos in the wake of some global climate to, or, or environmental catastrophe where, where there is you know, mass oh, poverty I, and starvation. I would totally b- believe in that. And the other thing is, I mean, they, 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 I mean there's a lot of things that the go- governments have to worry about as far as, um, you know, I th- I think uh, the Occupy movement is just the tip of the iceberg. It's just it's just you know Act One of a of a multi uh, act uh, play, and it's just the beginning. It's just the, the the scratching the surface of what people actually feel right now. I mean, there's a lot of people that jump on because they're kids and they're young and they're like well, you know. But when you start getting older people in there, when you it, it when that starts building up to a crazy place, when the cops start turning around and joining in that's when things are going to get really ugly and that's do you think that's going to happen yeah i think what what, what's going to happen is it's this is why i don't understand the people who are psychotically wealthy people who can't stop they're like addicts they Uh have to get more and more and more they keep just getting where it's where it's not only is their life taken care of and their fam, their immediate family, but like generations, like they're never going to even meet the people right. who it's, are going to be. It's cartoonish mm-hmm. how much money they have. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it doesn't serve a purpose. So you know? what, and what are those people doing that? I'm sorry. I was just, well, I think they're like, they're, they're, they're drug addicts. They're addicted to wealth and power and they can't stop themselves. We, to admire those people is no, is to admire a guy who only shoots up the finest quality heroin. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's, it's not an um, admirable trait. Well, it, and that's why I think that the, what we're doing by not having a fair tax system is we're enabling uh, these people to to uh, uh, worsen themselves, to to in, in in the process take away uh, more things away from society, make food cheaper, cut corners on things that we that we need to survive as a species because they're sociopaths. They have they have no empathy. They don't care. All of them, because I feel it feels like every once in a while you get a guy who gets to that level and then has some kind of epiphany, like a Bill Gates or a Warren Buffett, who decides, well, now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna spend this next part of my life, I'm gonna keep earning money, but I'm gonna start giving back. I'm start doing philanthropic kind of enterprise. Yeah, but you notice the main thing is they're doing it. They're in control. They're, you know, it's my money and I'm giving it out how I see fit. Not as uh, society seals, sees fit. It's not like here's here's a ton of money or here's me donating to this movement where it's going to make, you know, raise wages up and make more equality. 
give pe- bring CEOs money to where it's down to only a hundred times what the lowest person makes instead of four hundred times. Is it four hundred? Is that are those the accurate yeah. accurate numbers? Yeah, because yeah. that is an amazing thing, and that's only happened in the last. 30, thirty years, yeah, yeah, thirty years. Yeah, I remember that. You know, the, the words Reagan Revolution. That phrase exists for a reason. It was a revolution. It was a revolution that that to bring back the the Roaring Twenties, to bring back the time when you know you you had the mansions in Newport, Rhode Island, and now we're, we have that same thing where we have we have you know regular guys. John Travolta has a airport runway in his backyard for his plane. That's nuts. Yeah. No one needs that. No, the, the the pizza guy, Papa John's pizza guy, doesn't need a moat around his house. Well, that's the that's the thing that gets me the the moat, the castle, the gated community, the walled security guard thing. The idea that these people think that they live in some separate world from us because their money is going to um, protect them, protect them, or save them, or entitle them to some. Better medical, but you know the that first, all works the for first a while. Dude but running into their house will be that guard at the gate that uh, of their compound. That dude isn't that that dude doesn't make enough money to stick around and fight off the masses of people that are coming their way with pitchforks and knives. That's how he's going to be opening the gate for them. Yeah, or 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 leaving. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. When it turns into a like, hey, you're in, you're the rich guy in the compound, or you're outside the compound with a baseball bat yeah i'm heading out of the compound with my bat i don't want to be in there when when the walls get swarmed and they right. come you know because right. those people are going to get devoured eaten first right. we're eating them first right. we're eating the rich people first absolutely yeah it'll, it'll, it'll be all games of thrones heads and spikes you know yeah that game of thrones let's switch gears to game of thrones then okay <laughs> i'm loving game of thrones but that i do feel like that is kind of the way the world could turn it could turn into that like there is honor people do have to kind of maintain you have to have your word and your integrity as your bond but the game of thrones is basically look if you trust somebody a little too much you're meat you know yeah you deserve your fate because you're 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 an innocent or you're you're naive you're weak you're naive you're how naive could you possibly be to think that waldo waldo frey that like incestuous, narcissistic fuckball is going to be like all over the idea of you passing on marrying one of his daughters yeah. for a gorgeous babe. I love that you're super mad at a fictional character, as I am. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for his his uh, his day. He's gonna get it. He's gonna yeah. get it, but good. Yeah, you know. But that's but but I don't think that I would be able to operate in that world. I feel like it's so foreign. I mean, it's it's fun to watch Game of Thrones on TV and and to kind of fantasize about what it would be like to be there. But but it's a great TV show. But to actually live in that world, no, I would be done. In you know, I don't yeah. know if I could last even the first month. Yeah, yeah, I would make some stupid mistake. It's going to be the people. Biker gangs and, you know, incarcerated people are people who are going to understand how to deal with that kind yeah, of Yeah, and we're, we're – this is – that's – I mean it's it, – you can relate to the show because it's a lot of it's human nature and, and we're so much civilized, you know, technically right now. We're so civilized but yet we have these people that are doing – we have the, the the Tywin Lannisters out there. That would be like the Cheneys, you know. You know, we have we have those people. We need that a better just, it's the Koch brothers. I think those. Yeah, are the, the Koch those. brothers, or you know, the, the, you know, regardless, the, 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 and there's the, the Koch brothers, and then there's the evil minions. It's like the evil minion family tree, and you, and and is anything happened to them? No, like Cheney's got like the the greatest heart surgeons in the world. Keep pumping. Putting things into his chest that keep pulling well, he, he blood to his brain. He had the robot heart, but now and you he's, know that dude is going to get frozen when 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 he starts. You know that dude's going to yeah, he's going into some cryogenic. I can't know, wait. Thing. There's your science fiction movie in the future. Um, the the you know because he's good when they thaw him out. It's not going to be a hundred percent Dick Cheney. He's going to be sort of a, a a half kind of. Zomb- not zombified, but he's going to be a little bit uh, mentally handicapped. And to have him fight some kind of MMA battle with uh, Ted Williams' head grafted onto a bear or something. Yeah. Because uh, Ted Williams, I think, only got his head frozen. 
Yeah, but I think that's what they what they believe is that you you freeze the head, and then in the future the uh, the technology will exist to either put that on a robot, the brain in the robot, or uh-huh. or, or uh, an artificial body, or or a person would donate their head if they got into a, a body if they got into a car accident or something I don't know or a war, or a, a, a uh, rocket sled accident or whatever we're yeah flying, whatever hovercraft like, however people get decapitated in the future yeah <laughs> I think I think what's going to happen though is we're going to get the ability to download our consciousness onto a hard drive yeah and so. You'll be like, well, Tom's not around anymore, but that toaster over there, it doesn't just have a clock on it. He's in there. So you could go talk to Tom. He's in the toaster. There's a little video screen on the yeah, side of it. Yeah, but that's what's funny is like when you start thinking about like death and and that the, those pleasantries, um, you you start thinking about like your, your other relatives that died that you don't think about anymore. Yeah. And then you, then you get depressed because – you you literally disappear. I mean, people. Yeah, people know you. That know you will be sad for a couple of days. You hope, you know. But right. But, but then they go on. They'll go they on go with their, their lives. lives. Exactly. So they're and that's really, how it works. They're really not going to want to talk to you if your consciousness is in a toaster. No, that toaster is going to be in the cupboard, unplugged. Like you just, most of the time. Exactly. They're going to unplug it sometimes. So we got company over, so we got to make extra toast. Go, let's plug Tom in. Yeah, or hey, Tom really knows how to make a really good shrimp, Diane. Let's let's plug Tom in and get the recipe. And hopefully he won't go on and on and on about how long it's been since we plugged him in the last. Yeah, time. or start crying when yeah. we go to put him away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, geez, guys, I really want to hang out with you. It's really fun. We really don't know who you are anymore. It's like the fist you've been handed down for five generations. <laughs> I know, but I really, I feel like I'm getting to know you, and yet you put me away. But you, yeah, you got some information that we need, you know, and we kind of like you and tell some funny jokes, even though we don't really get the references because they're oh, I don't know, 150 <laughs> years old, 250 yeah. years old. You know? <laughs> yeah, every time they plug you, and you got to re-explain. Okay, listen, here's the setup for this. Is kind of Long, but I yeah, think. these people were on a seven-day cruise, and they got they were, the weather started getting tough. It's a three. And, that was a three-hour tour. Oh, a three-hour tour. So. You're already making mistakes, and you haven't yeah. even. Yeah, well, they don't know they're, they're from the future. <laughs> okay, right. I could really have a ball, you know. Well, that is it. Well, is, the, the clock, the the uh, the the clock said it was a three-hour tour, not seven days. What does the clock know? <laughs> yeah. I'm a toaster. Who's the clock? Leave? Who's the clock? Who are you going to believe? The, the clock or the toaster? Yeah, they, they introduce you to the clock. Yeah, this is actually your great-great-granddaughter. Oh, God. She was a stickler for details. Yeah, well, no, you men never met her in real life. You're only yeah, meeting her now as a clock. Yeah, I know. This is like, oh. So uh, okay. that is the interesting thing about uh, when you think about, uh, like you said, those, those ple- you know, dying. I feel like you kind of get to a point in your life where you sort of realize, well, you know, when you're 10 years old, you, you don't really think you're going to die. Even when you're 20, 30, but eventually kind of kind of get, okay, you move on. We're just, we'll be done and there'll be other people around. Yeah. And Are you going through your de- de- death anxiety phase now? Not super death anxiety, but a little bit of that whole, you know, I feel like with my career, I, I really have ha- I've enjoyed myself and I've had a great time and I feel like I've got a bunch more great times to come. Right. But, uh, you know, that this idea that somehow 300 years from now, um, the super successful comedians of this time, you know, the Jim Carrey's or Jerry Seinfeld, that 300 years from now, there's going to be a big difference in people's minds between them and me. It's like, boy, that's a real long shot that any of that stuff is still going to even be around. Yeah, we, love, yeah. we love to think it's going to be around, but go find, you know, CDs are, are temporary. They get scratched. They deteriorate. Right. Hard drives. And think about, like, the, the the comedy stars of the silent age and who, how many people today know and love them. You well, know, or even yeah. the comedy stars of, of our childhood, the grown-ups who were famous then. Yeah. Jackie Gleason, right? Yeah. I mean, there were guys There were guys at the beginning of my comedy career that were kind of making a little bit of a career doing an impression, to kind of doing Jackie Gleason on stage. And now you can't – I mean, people know who he is, obviously, but, but it's really 20-year-olds don't. Yeah. 20-year-olds don't. And the Three Stooges were on TV all the time. I mean, everybody knew – who the three stooges yeah. were and you could talk about you could talk about them with anybody but now it's somebody they were super famous yeah so i mean even like even if you're a star and you're in your and you're thinking you can live um 
you know, forever through celluloid or whatever, you, you know. People's memories of your performance. Well, now, now the way movies work, I mean, the great movies like Casablanca, no one even watches that anymore. Some people right. maybe, but yeah. it's not like, it's a wonderful life. An example of a movie that everybody watches all the time at Christmas. It's still on, but that's fading a little bit. The Wizard of Oz. It's still on, but that used to be on all the time. Everyone had right. seen The Wizard of Oz. Right. Now kids watch it, and if they, they don't get the bad special effects, they don't like it. So even by the time Justin Timberlake, or who's the big superstar? Bieber. Yeah. By the time Bieber is, a, is an old man, half of the people in America won't, won't even know who he yeah. is. Yeah, so that's that's a good reason to get depressed when you're when you start. Well, no, uh, it's a good it's a good reason (laughs) to kind of get undepressed. If you're depressed about like, look, I didn't get that famous, or I didn't I didn't get to so and so got to be a movie star, make twenty million dollars a movie. Well, I didn't get to do that, but really, did I get to for for the six months that he was doing that? What was I doing, and how much fun did I have? And I think the truth is, I actually probably had a pretty good time. I've had some pretty good. Runs of good times. Yeah, I think most people get depressed about dying, like just just not existing anymore, just not like being. And that's one of the reasons why you know. I, I mean, actually, I went through the the I went through, through the it, death anxiety like really early, like my, uh, like in my early fifties, thirties, early thirties. So I got um, so I, I'm really kind of past it now, and like you know, well, that's what happens. You know, it's. Uh, yeah, well, I don't really, you know, I don't really worry about it now. I think sometimes about the idea, like I sort of say in my act a little meme thing about how you start to feel like you're old enough that you know a lot of stuff and no one gives a shit that you know it. No one wants to listen to you anymore. Right. And then you feel like that's this is just the beginning of that. <laughs> and then when you get to be 70 and you really feel like, I could tell you some things that would change your life and no one's going to listen to you. And so I, th- I sort of feel like by the time you're in your 90s, you're, you're, you're going to be kind, sort of a little bit like, this is great and I would love to have another piece of pie or wake up tomorrow and go and have a cheeseburger. But really, if I got off this bus right now, I, 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 I'm done. I mean, yeah. I think I think eventually, if you live long enough, you must get to a point where you're sort of like, eh, you know, this. Yeah, well, I think that's because your body's breaking down, your mind's breaking down, so you're 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 okay. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why. But I also think it's like one of the reasons why like vampire movies are so popular and stuff like that because it has to do with immortality. You know, people like yeah, yeah. Well, they like the idea of it, but the reality yeah. of immortality, like our daughter, is really into those. Uh, Twilight movies. Right. But basically, you got a 90 year old man who's interested in a 17 year old girl. It's completely unrealistic. If you had been on Earth for 90 years or however long right. he's been alive, right. you wouldn't be going back to high school again and falling in love with a 17 year old who knows nothing about nothing. living on Earth and being yeah. a person. I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm over 55 and I have no interest whatsoever. In teenage girls or girl, even, even girls even in their twenties, in their tw- in their twenties, I mean, yeah, barely. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I, you know, sure they're attractive. I'm attracted to them. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty. I'm physically attracted to them. But yeah, to to actually have that kind of intimate conversation that you have to have to be intimate with somebody, yeah. and which and that's also kind of where I'm at. I don't need to to just have a straight sex thing with a 23 year old. It's that's almost. Well, okay, it would be great, but it's, no, all, it's there's a little it, no, bit of creepiness. No, it wouldn't to be. It. No, there's, there, a, little there's a lot of creepiness. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, why it's not great on any level. One is that um, no matter who it is, anybody that that's that young that's fucking, it's it's usually terrible at fucking. <laughs> yeah, usually terrible at it. I don't know they have about no, that, Tom. When I no, was no, having sex dude. in my twenties, I felt like I was really doing a solid job. Okay. Well, in I'll retrospect, t- I'll, I'll let's t- go back and look at some of these you. game films. Yeah. <laughs> let's look at the girl crying after you leave. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now yeah. we made it about me in that story, but you're talking about the the yeah. I feel like it's much more. I feel like when I was like a when I was like a teenager. In my late teens and early twenties, when I was fucking, I was like an angry monkey. You know, I was fucking like I was because uh, I, you know, where do you where do you watch people fucking? How do you learn how to fuck? You learn you see porno. I love that you started off first asking if we could swear, and now 
<laughs> now look at your top. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that it's it's it's. But what kind of monkey do you feel like you have sex like now? I, or no, animal? I do don't. Feel like- I feel like I'm very present now, and I feel like I'm very human right now, and I feel like I'm very connected right now. So I think I'm I'm um infinitely a better lover than I was when I was in my 20s. I'm, I, I wish, in fact, I wish I could go back and apologize to every woman I ever had sex with before 30, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because that I think be I was possible pretty, now. Thanks to Facebook. Right. I, I think, I think, yeah, I said, you don't really want to open up that ball of wax. No, you I know? don't think so. So, um, no, but I mean, in a way I do wish I could do that. And mm-hmm. I wish I could say, I'm really sorry that, you know, I, I treated you like this or I didn't do that or, you know, there's there's so many dumb ass things I did, you know, when I was in my 20s because you don't you, you learn. You learn if you're if you give a, a, well, a selfish, great example, angry, not compassionate. A great example would be I slept with this woman. She was nice. The sex wasn't great. I was kind of tired. I said, can I take you home? Like about five minutes after sex at my place. Mm hmm. And it's like she started crying. Well, that doesn't take a rocket. You know, you, if you you have that happen to you once, you figure that's not cool. I made this commitment, a commitment that she should be able to, if she wishes, to stay over. Yeah, right. So, and I would much rather ask her to stay over than have to deal with that long drive home. With the things you just fucked me because you just wanted to fuck me and you're not you don't love you don't care about me at all and you know, I'm not I'm, I'm not really getting that you actually did care about her though I'm getting that you just regret that you had to deal with how mad she was at you no I that regret. you that it was obvious to her that that uh, you didn't really care about well one I made I probably made a decision to fuck her because she was coming on to me and I could fuck her not and then not the decision of going. Is fucking her a good move because I'm not really that attracted to her? Am I just should I just take advantage of this opportunity? Uh, if it isn't really an, an opportunity, which I, I in the retrospect it really wasn't an opportunity. If it, if it never happened, it, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have changed my life one way or the other. Except I learned a lesson of like you don't say after you have sex, "Hey, can I take you home? Uh, can you get out of my bedroom? <laughs> you know, can I be a gentleman and get you?" Physically out of my house. Yes. How about a, a couple of bucks for cab fare? Yeah. I would see. I wasn't that insensitive. Yeah. This I would was, be. This. This is now. This is a great episode because it's sort of all over the place. Yeah. It's a st- stream of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of way. But I think that has to go with living. What, what was going about was living, you know, for forever and being attracted to you know younger women. You would be. You would. You. You want to be. You'd want to be with somebody who is eager to learn. Who uh, was, you know, didn't have an ego about that, maybe, but somebody who was very strong willed, it would be tiresome because you, you're, you, you're, you've lived for, say, 300 years as a vampire. And then but the only people that you would then be able to relate to, that I guess this is where we're heading around to, is right. the only people you would, instead of being a 90 year old vampire or a 100 or 200 year old vampire who's hanging out with some 23 year old haughty human being, you wouldn't be able to relate to a 23 year old. You wouldn't even well, want to hang they, out with a 70 year old human being. You could only hang right, out at right. some point with other vampires because right. that's all you'd be able to relate to. Yeah, and that's. And so now you're not really immortal. You're not an immortal way, human being. You're, you're another, you've turned into another. But it would make sense for them to feel that they were that that the twenty year olds were cattle to them. They were just right. a, a, right. a blood sandwich because of the fact that they're they have they have no clue. I mean, if what we know now, being in our fifties, if we knew that, if we had that knowledge in our twenties, holy shit, we'd be scary, you know? Yeah. Well, and it, but, but but you would also sort of be scary, but not really, because you wouldn't be interested in hanging out with twenty-year-olds. No, no, no. Yeah, but I'm. You would be able to. You like if you went back to high school now, if you were back in your high school body, but you know everything you know now. Yeah. You'd be miserable because it would be sure it'd be like shooting fish in a barrel to to pick up girls, but you would never have a satisfying connection with them. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. you, but you would with the teachers. <laughs> Have you seen that? <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! But you don't understand. He's actually a three hundred year old man who looks like a teenager. It's totally okay for you to sleep with your student, right? Because he's actually way older than me. And why would you go back to high school? Because you already know high school. You'd be at, you'd be operating at some kind of 
post-collegiate, you know, doctoral level. Anyway. You should be at least. You should be. Imagine if you weren't. And you'd be able to play the piano. You'd be able to do everything. Right. You know, you'd just, because, yeah. You'd just be in the back of the class going, Hodor. (laughs) Hodor. (laughs) Wow, he's 300 years old, but uh, really can't communicate well. All he says is Hodor now. Yeah. It would be, yeah, because it would be like Groundhog Day where you just learn how to teach yourself how to play the piano. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's what's amazing about Groundhog's Day. I love that movie. Now we're going to really bouncing around. Yeah, no, I know. Because when you think, I mean, when you when people break it down for how many de- years he was in that day, it's pretty amazing. I, I, that's what I, that's why I think that's great about that movie. Because I think uh-huh. it's like they end up. I, I've heard people say like you know thirty, forty years in, in that one day. That's how long he, they they guesstimate by the by the story in the movie that right. he was on ground. He was in there for thirty years, and then he came out and finally could be in that romance. Right. The rest of your life is let it got to be like, yeah, get on with it already. Yeah, but he learns to play the piano. He knows exactly what's going to happen at every single part of the day. Yeah, you know, he rescues a kid every day. He. Changes the t- tire on the for the old lady's car every day, and then he's gone through a multitude of emotions. Sir, he where he kills himself repeatedly. You know, he's just massively depressed. How long did that go on for? Like, you know, how many years did that go for? Yeah, you know, Groundhog yeah. Day, great movie. Oh, it's absolutely one of the best movies ever. Well, so that's the thing. That's the thing. This is how we can sort of wind up this episode and get you on another episode. What are uh, what are t- you, were, you were talking about? Your favorite? What could because we watched Skyfall. Yes, which is one of your favorite top I, James Bond I movies. I would say you know in the top five Bond movies, maybe the best Bond movie ever. What are your other? What are the other? What are three of the other top five um, Bond Gold, movies? Goldfinger, uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, Casino Royale, and I would say Casino uh, Royale the. Well, there was well, there's well, there's two Casino Royales, but the the first one wasn't really a Bond movie per se. It had James Bond in it, but that's the one with Peter Sellers and David Niven, and it's uh-huh. really a it's it's like kind of a you know it's a psychedelic hippie movie that was supposed to appeal to, to teenagers, and it was a it's a piece of crap. So, um, but the Daniel Craig um, Casino Royale is amazing, and. Um, uh, and uh, so, so on Her Majesty's Secret Service, uh, Goldfinger, uh, from Russia with Love, I would say Skyfall, uh, Skyfall, and, and, and uh, Casino Royale would be the top five. And uh, what are uh, what are three of your other favorite top movies or five? Um, I would say, well, Godfather one and two I consider one movie. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I pretend that Godfather three doesn't exist. Yeah, and, um, and or exists in an alternative universe. Um, it's another thing. If you feel like if you're sad that they didn't make more Godfather movies, then you can watch that, and then you feel better. Yeah, you're actually sad that they made more Godfather movies. Yeah. I remember, like, I remember exactly where I saw that movie. I know. I remember exactly how I felt within the first five minutes of it. I was like, "Oh God, this is going to be so awful." Because mm-hmm. in, in the first five minutes, it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty they're terrible. Pa- yeah, they're panning over the 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 mansion in Lake Tahoe, and it's and it's and it's and it's disheveled like it would be if it was completely abandoned and never sold again. Why? How? You know, your your first thoughts are like, well, why would you completely abandon a property in Tahoe? Why would you not sell it? You think maybe it's Why? a maybe it's a post-apocalyptic dinosaur? Yeah, come, I would come expect back maybe a, as you're painting <laughs> over the, the <laughs> that's the, what Godfather Four is a uh, zombie foot or something like walking, and you go, oh, I get it now. The zombies have taken over, and and Mike maybe uh, Michael Corleone is a zombie now. That's Godfather Four. That's Godfather Four. That would be so awesome. So they just completely pack it in. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Starlight Cast is still around. You could do it. You could do it one more shot, you know. Mm-hmm. But they, they killed off – did they kill off? Yeah, they killed off uh, Corleone. He had, a, he had a heart attack with the orange thing. Yeah. God, Francis – remember when Francis Ford Coppola was, like, a great film director? What, so sad. Well, we're all, you know, you have your prime and then you have your uh, Hey, I your know, but he prime. turned it – his prime went away really quickly as far as filmmaking is concerned. Well, he was sort of crazy from the get – 
Yeah. yeah. I think he, then he got a crazier probably during Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, which really wasn't Apocalypse. When you think about it, I mean, it really wasn't. So Godfather 1 and 2 was one movie. For Marlon Brando to turn into a zombie or something. There was no... It, was it wasn't really apocalypse. No. Well, I mean, I think that was just more in reference to the chaos. Whatever. Okay. There was no apocalypse, dude. Okay. Are you going to name two other movies? Uh, L.A. Confidential I love. Uh-huh. Um, getting into older films, I would say. Um, um, do, 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 um, something that... The, oh, I, All About Eve is a great movie. Yeah, that is a great movie. Awesome, awesome, awesome movie. Um, that's movie, to me... Is like so close to being absolutely perfect, but they the casting of Eve as that that actress. No, I can't remember off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, she's she bugs, she's so she just yeah. Because it's like, oh, how can you how could you have cast that bad actress against all of these amazing actors? Do you think actresses? it was a, an of the moment thing that she was the hottie young hottie? Probably the, the studio hottie. That was a bad studio days. You know, to, to make a perfect movie is is. Almost impossible because you know you had directors going in and out of films. I mean, the end, like Ben Hur was actually directed by I think like three different directors, and one guy ends up with his name on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was, you know, and then you have I mean another another great movie is Vertigo, which I love, love, love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, there's a movie by Preston Sturges with Henry Fonda and Barbara Stanwyck that I love, love, love. Can't remember the name. Um, no, she she plays a con woman, and mm-hmm. Henry Fonda is like this dupe. He's like this kind of dummy, but they fall in love anyways. Uh, let me see. Um, so it, it's it, yeah, I can't remember the title. Um, I almost want to say it had something to do with Eve or in it, but you know, the Lady Eve. I think that's it. Okay, the Lady Eve. So yeah, I'm going to go with that one for ten. Um, and then uh, there's a number of 60 movies that I think are perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that was a great, like the 60s, uh, the late 60s, 70s had a lot of great movies. Uh, and um, there was a real sense of something great was happening um, in films. Dr. Strangelove is one of the best movies ever made. I'm trying to look in here. So The Lady Eve? Yeah. Barbara Stanwyck and Henry Fonda. As he Googles. Yeah, the Lady Eve. Yep. The Lady Eve. Yeah, I got it. I and got then, it. Uh, then before we go, yeah, three of your comfort movies. That was the category that you were talking about last night. Movies that you could put on that you just love watching, but you're so familiar with that you can kind of doze and go to sleep, but you still are having, you love yeah. watching them. Yeah, uh, Die Hard, first Die Hard. Um, uh, I would say um, Independence Day. Mm-hmm. And because and these aren't good, these aren't you know I think actually Die Hard's a good movie Independence Day is not a good movie but Independence Day is like a lullaby to me it just kind of puts me to sleep so well you can have a nice time watching it there's yeah. a couple of cool scenes and funny it's, moments yeah and, but it's a re, it's ludicrously dumb like every single Roland Emmerich movie I'm the guy by the way goes to see Roland Emmerich movies on the first day I will see White House Down the first day it comes out because I can't wait to be the one in the theater who's laughing uproariously. In an inappropriate place. So White House Down, you're going to see. Abs- oh, dude, you got to see it. You have to see it. And I want to go see that, too. And you, yeah. it was a, that could have been a great movie, well, there was even, an, if, it, even if Jamie Foxx was the Secret Service guy and Channing Tatum was the president. Yeah. I would like to see him remake it before I've even seen it with those guys reversing. Yeah, role. let's do a flip-flop automatically. You know, yeah. Next year we release it with the same script with a different... You know, same script. I'm Just sure you have to take out ways. all the jokes about the president being black. Cause I'm sure there are bad jokes about the president being a black guy. Now we just yeah. make the white president making those jokes about his secret service. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then and now it turns in to yeah. completely erase. Well, and remember, this is, a, this is the second movie with an attack on the White House, the Gerald Butler movie, which was, I can't remember the name now, it was, it was dumb, dumb. It was really, it was so gigantically dumb that uh, it was, it, it could have, could have been a Roland Emmerich movie, except it didn't have the panache mm-hmm. of a Roland Emmerich movie. And Roland Emmerich movies are big. They're gigantic. They're they're uh-huh. they're loud and they're over the top. So that's one of the things I love about like 2012. The acting sucks. The situation. You always have that guy who's hanging off the edge of a cliff with his pinky and pulls himself up. Try that at home someday, folks. It is super hard. 
you're dead. Even if you work out. You realize you're Even dead. if you work out. That scenario happens tomorrow where a pit forms in the back of your yard and you're teetering on the edge of it. You, If you if you fall in, you're hanging by your, your one hand, your body weight is just dangling free, you're dead. It's a matter of time. You're going in the pit. You're not pulling yourself up. Do you want to name one more comfort movie before we go? Uh, no, because i got so many of them. I, yeah, I, okay. Yeah, there's, there's Next so time. Many. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> it's just happy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening to episode 57. Uh, that was Tom Sawyer, me and Tom Sawyer, having a great time. And uh, I hope you have a great time this week, and I will talk to you next week. Do not give up. There will be plenty of time to give up later. And also, I think I, when I was mentioning the L.A. Podcast Festival, I think I might have been a little confusing with my dates. It's October 4th, 5th, and 6th, and I'm, I'm doing my show October 6th at the L.A. Podcast Festival. And just confirmed on that show is my friend Matt Weinhold and his wife Carrie. And we will be, we will be discussing our plans uh, for the religion that we're going to be launching so that will be in an upcoming episode of the podcast. But if you would like to int- attend in person and su- submit some suggestions or ideas for, uh, you know, a theme song or a salute or a, a secret handshake that we have, uh, and that's all uh, out there for you to do. Also, as always, you can visit my website, jakethis.com. You can follow me at jakethis on Twitter. Uh, we can be friends on Facebook if that's how you roll. Um, or you can sign up for my email list on my website, and I'll email you things when I'm coming to your state. It's not no hassles, no head trips. Anyway, it's been fun. It's been great. And I hope you've had a good workout or whatever you've been doing. I hope you've got all your groceries and you're heading home to your children, or I, ho- I hope that you, <laughs> that you fell asleep and you had a nice nap, if that's why you're listening to the show. Oh, God. Anyway, I'm not going to give up. Jake this and yeah. that.